Welcome to one more edition to Politics and Random. Berto Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being with us today. We have a very special guest. Cristina Sinsun Ramirez is with us today. Cristina is a civil rights leader, former Senate candidate, author, and community organizer, forging a better future for all Americans. Cristina is the executive director of Next Gen America and previously founded and led two of Texas's largest voting and civil rights organizations, specifically JOLT, a Texas-wide organization focused on in energizing the Latino vote and workers' defense project, the VDP, winning the passage of local and state laws protecting the rights of hundreds of thousands of workers. Cristina, welcome to Politics Unright. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Glad to be here with you. Well, look, uh, first of all, uh, thank you very much for for doing this. You've been doing a hell of a lot of work to make sure that somehow 2022 become what 2022 needs to be. So before we get into next gen, etc., I want to ask you a few questions about the voting bills in Texas. H1, or rather H3S1. Um, what are your thoughts? How is this going to affect us here in Texas? I mean, what we saw in 2020 and every election is that Texas is going from one of the lowest voter turnout states to really skyrocketing and especially with the younger voters. And so these bills are designed, they are the same old tools of poll taxes and literacy tests repackaged with the same purpose, which is to deny communities of color the right to vote. And now with the new census data out, that is the majority of the Texas population that they are trying to stop and suppress our voice and vote from having an equal say in the state that we help make up in every single way, economically, politically, in its future and composition. Now, luckily, the, Dem the Democratic House, or quite a few people in the Democratic House, they went to D.C. for about a month. They forced the, the session to close without a bill. Uh, when the governor opened up again, we had a few what I call defectors. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, should they have hold, held out a bit longer? What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, what I'm grateful for is the fact that the Democratic delegation, and I know there was a debate about what is, which there should be, what is the right thing to do in this moment? And they had the courage to say, if our democracy isn't working, if people can't equally and efficiently and effectively access the right to vote, then it is our job to do everything we can to defend democracy for everyone. And so we all know they fled to Washington, not fled, but they went to Washington. And I want to see our federal legislators show that same courage of conviction and pass the voting rights bills that are before uh, our Congress and Senate to make sure that everyone can vote. We have some people that came back um, Ultimately, though, we know that our governor, Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick, they're happy to have special session after special session. Just today, uh, on the, uh, during the debates happening on these bills, they tried to ban the word of the use racist and racism to describe what is happening. They wouldn't even want our legislators, our legislators especially of color, to, to be able to call out what was happening. I mean, that is how insane and racist uh, right now what we're seeing happen in Texas. And it may be 2021, but in Texas, if you're a person of color, it sure does feel like 1951. Well, you know, I, I find it ironic that uh, here we, we talk about truth a whole lot. 
And what they're trying to do is create revisionist history from the January 6th revisionist history to the, to the initial sin of this country. We're trying to have people forget about it or make believe it just didn't happen. Now, a question here, um, uh, Ms. Ramirez, can we, uh, can we organize ourselves out of what Texas has done or is going to do? I mean, first off, I think that there are things that can happen at the federal level that Congress and the Senate can do to pass legislation to protect every single American's right to vote. That being said, I'm sure it's not lost as you and me as people of color living in the South, living in the most difficult state to vote in in the entire country that to even have the basic rights that we have right now, it took people organizing, mobilizing and even dying in terrible, difficult, dangerous circumstances to be able to do that basic function of voting. So that was one with hard fought work and lives uh, in this country. And so I think we're all reticent that we aren't wanting to go backwards. And at the same time, it took federal action, even with all the organizing that happened on the ground in the South during the civil rights movement, ultimately to enshrine those rights that people were organizing for. So we are going to organize, we are going to register voters, we are going to mobilize and say, this is our state, our country, as much as it is anyone else's. But ultimately communities of color, we can't depend on our courts in Texas. We can't depend on our governor, our indicted criminal attorney general <laughs> to defend our right. We need federal action to protect our most basic right to vote in this state because it has always been undermined since this state became a state. Now, interestingly, uh, the I think a, a couple of days ago, we've got the John Lewis Voting Rights Bill passed HR4 in Congress, not the Senate, and the For the People Act, uh, or rather, and what we're hoping that the For the People Act would pass as well as one in the Senate. What's your pros what, what do you believe the prospects are that we can actually get the two we call them the two stragglers in the Senate to actually break from the filibuster, but we all know that they are just cover for probably or likely several other senators that may not want to even have a carve out for the filibuster. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I think that's why it's so important that the Democratic delegation from Texas went up and met with Senate leaders, especially Manchin and Sinema, and said, look, this is what we're facing. You for the idea of holding up bipartisanship with a party that has literally supported the killing of democracy on the House floor or refused to stand up for even hearing and, and actually looking at the ramifications of the January 6th uh, uh, insurrection. action and insurrection. And, but at the same cost is millions and millions of Americans having barrier after barrier, uh, longer lines, longer and more difficult pathways to voting. The, the data is very clear that it is takes a longer amount of time. It is more difficult, more arduous, less ability, less efficiency to vote if you are black or brown in this country. And um, that is, I'm hopeful that especially on the John Lewis Act, that there is some movement with Manchin, um, but we need to keep putting pressure on uh, the, the two stragglers in the Senate to 
do the most basic thing. Like if our democracy doesn't work and Americans can't vote, then we can't pass anything. And bipartisanship in that sense is dead. Now, Christina, there, there are some people that are going through a sense of dread right now. I mean, uh, I'm going to tie this into, let's say, the bipartisan uh, uh, infrastructure bill and the human infrastructure bill. They believe that if we cannot, uh, that if we cannot get that done and we cannot get the voter, voter rights done, that pretty much it's, it's over with for any part of this progressive movement to succeed, especially what is likely to occur uh, with, with um, again, with losing all more state houses and losing likely the House and the Senate. Your thoughts? I mean, I don't think the progressive movement is decided by one election. I think it's decided over time. We have come a long way in this country. Um, the infrastructure bill is, it, it, I wish it had the full name of what it means. It is it is a bill that will tackle the greatest problem our, our country and planet faces, which is climate change. It will create millions of good green jobs. It will give working and middle-class families the ability to care for their children. It is transformative in every single way that working and middle-class families need. Now, it is, it is also transformative for big oil and fossil fuel executives that want to stand in the way in progress and the politicians that they own and control. Um, and so I am hopeful that we're going to continue to see movement on it. But I think sometimes we forget as progressives how far we've come. Um, it is no longer a crazy idea to say people that work full time should make a living wage. No one in this country should live in poverty. It is not a crazy idea to say tax the rich their full fair share for the wealth that we help produce for all of them as well. It is not a crazy or wild thing to say anymore that we should not be locking up people uh, at such disproportionate rates that are communities of color that we need to reform our criminal justice system. And it is not a wild or crazy thing to say today that college should be affordable and accessible to every single American. And hopefully we're going to get to that place too, where we're actually canceling the student debt that is burdening millions and millions of people instead of giving them the opportunity to start new businesses or buy a home um, or not just be burdened with uh, debt um, that millions of young and you know, middle-aged people are in this country at this point. Now, Christina, everything that you just said sounded beautiful. And uh, not only did it sound beautiful, but I mean, it didn't sound like something that only progressives would want. It didn't sound like something only Democrats would want. Uh, recently on my show, I've been telling people that it concerns me that many of us don't go to Brenham, Texas, Yoakum, Texas, and all these other places where these problems are, would solve more of their problems than ours. Why, how are we missing the boat? And you are running as, uh, you are going to be the senator of Texas. You are running to be the senator of the entire Texas. How can Christina, in whatever other statewide mission she goes on, how can you tell that message to everyone who needs to hear it? Because it's a winning message. I mean, the truth is that the vast majority of Americans agree on a lot of the problems and a lot of what they want to see, right? It, 
most Americans believe that if you're sick, you should be able to go to the doctor and not have to worry about how much it's going to cost you. Um, most Americans agree that you should be able to be educated and want great schools for our children. Most Americans agree, regardless of party affiliation, that the minimum wage is way too low and $15 an hour is the minimum it should be. And most Americans agree that the ultra rich and billionaires do not pay their fair share and they have rigged the economy and political system to their own benefit. Um, so I think we win when we speak to that truth and that pain because there is real economic pain. You know, thinking before COVID that 60% of Americans didn't have more than $1,000 in savings. Um, I mean, that is obscene that so many people live on the margins in our country and that politicians don't speak to that pain. So I am, I don't think that these ideas about wanting to care for our children and neighbors and family and friends are things that people, regardless of affiliation, I think do agree with. Um, I guess I would, I would tell one story just really quickly, just two stories of two Texans that I think about that um, there was the dreamer in um, the Hurricane Harvey that happened, Hurricane Harvey that happened in Houston, Alonso Guillen, that went out and rescued neighbors. People didn't, he didn't even know. And he died in the process trying to rescue neighbors. And then I think of Tremaine Brown in Amarillo, Texas, that owns this little one room barbecue joint. And during COVID, he has given out, I think it's something like 100,000 meals to other people that needed food and care from their neighbors during COVID-19. And I think we as a country, as a people, we really honor and admire their individual acts of courage. But I think, what if those weren't individual acts of courage? What if that was how our government cared for us? At the end of the day, I think all we're asking is that our government care for us, just like we would care for any neighbor or person that we saw in need. In need. And I think our government can do that for us. We just have politicians, especially that have been bought up by billionaires within the Republican party that don't want uh, government to care for us. And the last thing I'll say is I'm a progressive. I do not think Democrats are perfect by any means. I just look at the other side that doesn't want to pay for anything that will take care of our kids, our health, our environment and community in the working class. And that's no party for me. The Democrats, I feel like I can move and push and we've proven that we can push them, but they are by no means perfect. You know, Christina, what we have, as I see it, is a, is a system where we try to detach the government from we the people so that we can feel that that is some entity aside. So when you talk about you want your government to care about you, you're also talking about we care about each other. So given that we the people represents, uh, represent our government, that is how government should operate, but exactly how it's not operating because of those uh, who control it. Um, let's move on to uh, something great that you're doing. Next Gen America. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so Next Gen America is the largest voting rights organization for young people in American history. Last election, we are proud that we helped mobilize one in nine young voters that turned out and that we had the highest youth voter turnout in the entire country. Um, we have been around for since 2014, talking and moving and mobilizing young people by the millions. You know, we believe that young people 
that when they exercise their power, that we have the courage and imagination as a country to tackle the biggest problems we face. And young people are inheriting a democracy in decline, grotesque income inequality, and a climate catastrophe. And that ultimately what young people are seeking is not just to make change on the margins, they're trying to change the status quo of this country. And now that young people make up the largest, most diverse and progressive voting bloc in American history, I'm proud to be leading the organization that does it, that does it uh, bigger and uh, to more effect than any other organization in the country. But ultimately what we want to do is solve the biggest problems that our country faces. And I think you do that with the voting power of young people. Now, um, young people, I, I speak to a lot of young people from millennials all the way down. And one of the problems that I've been hearing a whole lot is this sort of an apathy that they, that they feel. I cannot make a difference. Having an organization like NextGen, uh, which, I, 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 which is there as an empowering resource, I think is very important. Uh, what are you doing specifically to extend your tentacles into more areas? What we find many times is that... Uh, we get all these organizations that operate in the centers of power, uh, the big cities, et cetera. Earlier on, I mentioned about us going to Yoakum, Texas, and Brenham, Texas, and Giddens, Texas, and I'm, I'm Texas-centric. This is a national program. So let's say Timbuktu, North Dakota. What are we doing to actually extend there? Because, I mean, that's where a whole lot of people also feel that they have no hope. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm really glad at next gen in places like arizona we're and in michigan we're in the rural places too we're in places where a lot of times they're not going to be touched by an organization or a campaign and you mentioned earlier when the issues of for example healthcare. when you talk about people not having health care access if you live in a rural uh, community you often have to travel like there's not a hospital or good healthcare nearby. So when you talk about expanding access to healthcare, we absolutely have to think about how that impacts people in rural communities. When you talk about raising the living wage and creating basic things like internet access for every single American, because at this point, internet access should be considered uh, as, as much as we would invest in electricity or a utility. Community. It is a, should be a utility. And so, we absolutely have to reach and invest in those communities. And then next gen, we've done that for a long time, making sure that we're not just urban, but we're urban and rural, that we're in black communities, white communities, Latino and AAPI communities, because ultimately we're trying to reorient our government and country to serve all of us. And that means being able to serve people in the major metros, the suburbs and rural communities that are often forgotten um, and not invested in or supported. That is excellent and needed. Um, look, we're coming up close on time, and I have about two more questions that I want to get to. Uh, one is your thoughts on how we're handling COVID in Texas. And I know, what, what are your thoughts? Um, it is, you know, I think a lot of us know people that have died from COVID or been sick from COVID. Um, the day it was announced that Governor Abbott had COVID, you know, I thought about like, I, I'm glad to hear he's doing well and that he has the best access to healthcare, and, and that his, his, his family that loves him can, is safe with him now. And at the same time, I thought about the millions of people in our state 
that have been exposed and put at risk, including my four-year-old little boy that that same day that he got COVID went to public school in Austin. And I got to know that he was as safe as he could be because my school district and my local leaders defied our governor's order and required everyone to wear a mask. Because while Greg Abbott's family deserves to know that he's safe and having good health care and being protected as best he can, I want the same thing for my child, even, and I want the same thing for him, even if he doesn't want it for my own four-year-old little boy. Okay, I have two more questions. I'm going to give you both of them so that you can think on one. The last question I always ask is, what didn't I ask you that you wanted me to ask you? But before that, tell me a little bit about your political prospects going forward. My polit- I have no political prospects going forward, but to lead NextGen and mobilize millions of young people to transform our democracy and our economy. That's number one priority. And being Santi's mom, my son, that's it. Um, and then um, the question you didn't ask me is how people can volunteer for NextGen. So the other great thing that we do at NextGen is we have volunteers all over the country. Um, We have one of the largest distributed volunteer teams, which means you can volunteer anywhere from a coffee shop, from your kitchen, from your bedroom, wherever that is. And people can volunteer at nextgenamerica.org and sign up and be part of our 25,000 volunteer um, team that we're growing to 40,000 no matter where they are. So we hope that they'll join. Cristina Sinsun Ramirez. Executive Director of Next Gen America, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. Thanks so much for having me and for doing the show. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.